0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this, the fourth episode of the Tourist Camping and 4 Drive Adventures Podcast. In this episode, we talk to José Almeida, the founder of Dream Overland, a touring company that runs Overland Tours of Portugal. Welcome, José, and thanks for joining us. I've known you for a number of years, but maybe you wouldn't mind introducing yourself to our listeners.
1: Okay. Uh, so, um, hello, everybody. My name is uh, José. I'm from Portugal. I'm uh, calling from Lisbon and I'm the founder and owner and, um, um, uh, well, director or managing director of um, Dream Overland.
0: Dream Overland provides tours of Portugal. Where did your love of Overland begin and why did you decide to start Dream Overland?
1: Okay, two separate questions and uh, two separate uh, answers, I would say. Um, So, my love for off-road driving came... uh, from when I was just a little kid, because I remember a group of um, um, fire firemen, uh, so a small fire brigade, coming into my village up in the north um, of, of Portugal, driving a Series three uh, Land Rover uh, 109 pickup. So that shape. Uh, the spare uh, wheel on the bonnet and that uh, silhouette just uh, stayed in my mind and uh, in my memory. And um, ever since, I've been attracted by uh, off-road vehicles. And then I guess that uh, evolved over the years. But that's um, that's uh, where uh, my love for off-road driving comes from originally. Um, and and your second question was about um, uh, how did I start doing these uh, these off-road trips in uh, in Portugal? Well as 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 it happens with many other things in life almost by coincidence because I was a reader of uh, and I'm still a reader of uh, Land Rover Owner uh, International magazine and um for many years and um one day I was uh, reading an article on the magazine that said um some things that uh, I was not completely uh uh uh, satisfied with in terms of uh, the way we drove in Portugal uh, because um, a journalist from from the magazine have made a, a trip to Portugal many years before um, and and he said some things that were not completely uh, or very positive about the country so I wrote to the editor-in-chief mr. John Pearson um, about this and um, I invited him to uh, to come to Portugal so this was uh, early 2009, um, and then it took me nearly two years to finally have them, um, so have John and, uh, and the magazine here in Portugal, and that started a, a hobby of uh, doing these uh, these trips, I was just an enthusiast and um, it started off as a hobby and um, a few years later I started this company um, with, with all the, the legal requirements we have here in Portugal and that's, uh, uh, that's how it really started. Uh, so from a hobby uh, into a business a few years later.
0: You tour exclusively in Portugal, is that right?
1: Yes, that's correct. Um, we only do tours in Portugal because being a local, being Portuguese, um, I think we can provide a completely different um, service. Um, and we can uh, provide a much better a much better product a much better package to our to our guests and customers Um, having a you know a good local knowledge about the country uh, and having also a passion for the country itself so uh, that's why we only do tours in portugal
0: it's very clear from talking to you that you have a real passion for portugal for its history and its culture and its food and especially for its people can you tell us what it is that's so special about off-road traveling in portugal
1: well um first of all um, I do love the country it's my it's my country and I love it very much second because the country is is very diverse very beautiful um, the north is completely different from the south the east from the west we have um, many different influences uh, from from the different um, cultures and and people who have inhabited these uh, these lands so we have from prehistoric, um uh, uh, ruins to uh, romans to arabs to uh and uh, medieval medieval uh, monuments and buildings and uh and and so lots and lots of influences we have some um uh, influence from from the celts as well um which which makes portugal a, a a real uh, a real cocktail a real melting pot of uh, all these all these cultures and influences and i guess uh, the second uh, the second advantage is that um, we can still um, drive uh, off-road um, where permitted so according to uh, the local uh, legal requirements but we can still uh, drive uh, off-road which which uh, enables us to uh, to discover the country uh, off uh, of tarmac
0: there's quite a difference between the different regions of Portugal, isn't that right?
1: Oh yes, absolutely. Um, the north is, is uh, very mountainous, um, as well as a, a bit of the centre, but the centre you can, you can see the transition um, already. Um, and then the south is, is um, almost like a, a, big, uh, a big plain, so it's much, much flatter, uh, with just a few hills but uh, the environment is different, Uh, the landscapes are different, Um, and also the climate, so the north is much much cooler than the south, the south in the summer particularly is extremely hot, um, almost as hot as as northern Africa, so temperatures can go up to uh, the 40s, uh, 45 degrees um, sometimes in in the peak of the summer, and in the north we can have uh, sub-zero temperatures as well, so um, a big Diversity and and range of temperatures and um, and climates as well.
0: Yeah, it sounds like an amazing country to explore. Have you many memorable or notable experiences from your expeditions over the past few years?
1: Oh, many, many. Um, I. I I can recall many, many uh, wonderful memories, um, not only from the trips, uh, the guided trips I do with, with the customers, but also from uh, and especially from the recce uh, So uh, doing these trips um, the way we think they should be done, it takes a lot of time and preparation. So we do our own research, um, we do our own recce, uh, we read books, we uh, go to places, we contact with people and that's when I have the most memorable experiences because sometimes when you least expect it, you have this amazing encounter with someone uh, in a very remote village and the stories these, these people tell you um, the traditions you, um, you, you discover and, and the heritage of those uh, small places around the country are really a revelation. So um, by the time we do the guided trip with, with the customers, a lot of work has been done already. And uh, during, during the wreckage is, is when you have the most, um, the most amazing moments. And I've had some that are truly, truly memorable.
0: I know that on your trips the driving is only a part of the experience you're a big fan of portuguese food and as you said learning and sharing local history and culture could you maybe describe for me a typical expedition to one of the regions that you visit and what people who are thinking of maybe joining you on a trip can expect
1: yes well as you said um these trips at least for us are much more than driving from a to b every single day without learning about the culture the heritage the history the food the people mostly about the people so our trips are very much um, like an expedition and a, a true expedition when we go and and discover um, the landscapes when we discover the heritage the traditions um, the history of the places we go to so the driving is, is not the end in itself, it's just a way of getting you to those places and the vehicles for us are ways of transportation um, rather than anything else um, so our focus is very much on really knowing about the country and getting to know the country so that in the end our guests will have at least a flavor of what the Portuguese way of life is, is all about and how people live and why they live the way they live so the traditions uh the backgrounds um and and all the things they they do and the way they uh, the way people do the the things they do so our trips last between eight and 12 days depending on on the length and depending on the areas we uh, we go to and every single day is different because we go to places where we might um go and see a a really important monument uh, in that region Um, and the next day it's probably about the wildlife and um, the species we're going to find and talk to people who are involved with um, environmental uh, projects. Um, conservation projects and uh, we have quite a few places where we where we do that but it can also be a gastronomic experience so by the time we get to a village we might have a special meal where we taste a special product that you can only find in that uh, in that place so as I said before everything we do in our trips is about the experience is about um, Uh, trying and and having a flavor of what uh, of what the country is about
0: that sounds really lovely and in terms of the routes that you have uh, wrecked is there any technical driving involved or is it all driving on tracks and what type of vehicle or experience would anyone who's joining you on, on an expedition maybe need to have
1: Okay, so as I said before, uh, and that's a very important question. Um, as I said before, we uh, qu- can do these trips uh, legally um, on on uh, unpaved uh, roads and and lanes and tracks. Um, so they have to be drivable, okay? And on the Rockies, we do we uh, take great care in, in following the local uh, legal requirements. So for us, the main uh, thing and the main purpose of the trips is not to test people's um, driving skills or even test the vehicles themselves. It's about letting people and allowing people to enjoy the country, driving off-road as much as we can legally, okay and following uh, the local uh, rules and regulations um but of course we also like to have you uh, know uh, an, an adrenaline rush every now and then so we like to have some technical sections but that's not the purpose of the trips um if you know what i mean but of course we like uh, a more technical section every now and then because we also like that as well but uh, the, the tracks and the lanes we use are drivable by any 4x4 um, uh, so the the technical difficulty of driving these uh, these on these tracks is not is not the, the, the real purpose of these trips so we have people driving pickup trucks we have people driving uh, full-size 4x4s but as a sign of the times we also have an increasing number of people driving suvs and that's absolutely fine because whether you whether you drive one or the other the purpose of the trips is still the same is to discover the country and not so much test or put the vehicles to the test and uh, and um, and that's how we do these trips
0: that sounds great and how many tours do you have at the moment or do you change them and you're constantly p- performing recce to discover new routes or, or have you got a library of routes that you primarily bring people along?
1: Okay, so since we started um, this venture almost 10 years ago, um, I've um, accumulated, I would say, hundreds if not thousands of kilometers of unpaid roads and, and, and lanes and tracks and so on. So, I have a huge, huge portfolio of of places where we can go. I keep doing the recce all the time. Uh, I use the winter time when we don't have any uh, trips organized to um, to look for new places and and do more research uh, for the following year. So every year we try to have different programs, different trips, and we tried not to repeat the same tracks we did uh, whenever possible. But we try not to repeat the same tracks we did in previous occasions. So. Although an event might have the same name, uh, so the mountains or the north or the south, we try as much as we can to um, uh, to redo uh, the routes and find new uh, and find new places of interest to uh, not just to keep a level of novelty for the customers, but uh, also to keep our motivation levels as well, because uh, it's. Um, it's important to find new places and to, uh, to challenge yourself in terms of going to, uh, to other locations and finding uh, new, uh, new places of interest.
0: That sounds like a, a good point, that you need to maintain your own interest as well by exploring new places all the time. In terms of planning routes and wild camping versus staying in lodges or campsites, what's the proportion of nights that people would be camping in wild, uh, camping wild versus nights in a campsite or a lodge?
1: Okay, so let me just uh, make a a previous note on that because um, uh, wild camping is legally forbidden in Portugal, okay? So you can only stay at um, legal campsites. Um, So we don't do any wild camping uh, during our trips. We, uh, We have two different kinds of trips. We have camping trips and we have trips with accommodation where we try to find places with... Uh, a wow factor whether it is a local bnb or a small countryside hotel in in very remote and beautiful places or beautiful locations but again it's important to emphasize uh, according to the portuguese law wild camping is forbidden okay so if i can just let this this note to our listeners please don't take any risks don't come to portugal and go wild camping because that's legally forbidden. So that's what we normally do. We stay in campsites, good quality campsites, or we find these uh, B&Bs and countryside hotels and guest houses where we can provide our guests with a truly local and genuine experience.
0: Okay, thank you. That is an important point to emphasize. And it's also true that there's a large amount and a wide variety of campsites available throughout Portugal and all of the areas that you visit, isn't that right?
1: Oh, absolutely. There are there are um, numerous numerous campsites around the country, from north to south. So there's no absolutely no reason why people shouldn't stay um, in um, in in a campsite. Okay.
0: Obviously, we hope that anyone who decides to go and tour Portugal will get in touch with you, and and we'll have your contact details here later and on the website also. But for someone who's thinking of touring Portugal by themselves, would you have any tips or recommendations or advice for them
1: oh absolutely um even though even though it's it's a western country um uh, it's it's important not to forget that people are coming on a long distance trip so the first thing i think people should do is uh, to prepare the vehicles um uh correctly Uh, so service service the cars correctly and and carefully and prepare themselves for a long distance trip because that's what it is Uh, whether you're coming from the UK from Austria, Germany, uh, Netherlands or uh, Italy or any other country in in Western Europe it's still a long distance trip so that's my first recommendation is to get the cars uh, prepared and and well maintained for for the trip to avoid any uh, bad surprises and then the second uh, thing um, would be to uh, look for useful information about the country Uh, don't forget about things like the climate so if you suffer with the heat be careful when coming um, during the summer the summertime temperatures can go up to the 40s so that's that's uh, an important thing as well and the other i would say is the legal uh, requirements so uh, as in other countries in Europe we are um, facing an increasing pressure from um, authorities uh, environmental uh, groups um, and it's absolutely important and and vital to comply with the applicable uh, rules and regulations so that would be my second recommendation and the third one is is really to come with open arms and and and, and enjoy the country because we are very friendly as a people uh, we like to welcome our visitors and wherever you go if you put a smile on your face and wave uh, to other people whether it's a local uh, lady in a remote village or any other driver along the way uh, I'm sure that will make your life uh, much much easier so uh, put a smile on your face and wave because uh, that will open lots and lots of doors for you
0: That is very nice and so it's possible or, or is it safe to tour all year-round in Portugal?
1: Oh, yes, uh, absolutely. I mean um, as I said the weather changes and we have some cold cold winters and and lots and lots of rain um, during the the winter the winter season so from end of October I would say mid-October until uh, April so that's um, probably not as enjoyable if you go camping and and uh, if you want to to enjoy to enjoy the outdoors but uh, if you don't mind uh, the elements um, you can you can tour all year round that's no problem.
0: And do you provide tours all year round or are you primarily leading tours in the summertime?
1: Well I usually um, take the winter to prepare the following year uh, in terms of routes and doing my uh, my reckeys and the preparation but normally i start doing the trips in uh, in march and we go um, until um, the beginning of october but we don't do um, usually we don't do trips in the peak of the summer so july august because of uh, uh, the high temperatures i mentioned before and also the risk of forest fires Um, so some areas um, have restricted restricted access because of those uh, forest fires, and for safety reasons, we try to not to do those um, the trips in those in those uh, in those days
0: thank you uh, and I guess people might be interested as well in what vehicle you drive and why you drive that particular vehicle
1: okay well i've i've been a land rover fan since I was a kid uh, probably since I saw those uh, those firemen on um, on a Series three pickup truck, um, and ever since I've been a Land Rover fan, and I'm still a Land Rover fan. Um, during my trips, I drive a Defender 90 TD5 from 2005, and I also have a Range Rover Classic, uh, one of the late ones, one of the latest ones to be sold in Portugal in December '95, a 300 TDI. And my everyday car is a Discovery Three, two point seven TDI.
0: Okay, I guess we'll wrap up shortly. But before we do, is there anything that you'd like to talk about that we didn't cover?
1: No, not really. Um, probably just to emphasise, um, because people uh, uh, Portugal has been under the radar for good reasons in in recent years, and uh, without uh, without being. Uh, uh, false false modest um, I think we we uh, really had the contribution on putting on putting Portugal on the map for these uh, for these tours and uh, ever since we started the, doing these these trips many years ago with um, with LRO many many people have come to uh, to Portugal for um, this kind of trips so uh, I mean the country is is very diverse is very interesting to uh, to explore it's friendly it's secure it's safe Uh, you can find anything you uh, you need Um, in terms of uh, parts availability as well so it's uh, not just one of those places where you where where you go and then struggle to find uh, to find the parts you need to uh, to carry on with the trip with your trips so it's uh, a good combination and um, it's a it's a good destination to have uh, a good trip with a good level of um, adventure and discovery but also with a good level of security and, um, and and safety and and in the end I guess that's the the, the good combination to uh, to provide you uh, with a safe and enjoyable trip
0: thank you and finally can you let our listeners know where they can find you and get in touch with you if they're interested in arranging a trip to Portugal
1: Okay, so uh, people can find us uh, on the internet, Um, so our website is um, dreamoverland.com, we have a Facebook page with exactly the same name and we are on Instagram as well. Um, And from time to time people can uh, read my uh, features and articles on the pages of LRO, but also on. the pages of the Overland Journal, uh, Europe magazine. So these are the different channels we have. Um, But the most important one so far has been the word of mouth. So uh, if you know someone who has been in touch with us, I'm sure they uh, they will tell you about the amazing experiences they had in Portugal.
0: I want to thank you very much, José, for coming on the podcast. And hopefully we'll see you sometime soon in Portugal.
1: Yeah, absolutely thank you so much for your time mark and uh, and thank you for inviting me to this podcast as podcast as well <laughs>